0: Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael and we're here this morning for another episode of our TTRPG crowdfunding review show. This is episode 17, I think. Uh, I, of course, am Michael and joining me as always is Larry. Larry, say hello to everyone. Hi and good morning. Happy to have you with me on the mics. Uh, We're on the edge of July 4th. So if you are celebrating Independence Day this year, happy Independence Day. All right, and then joining us today as is our, is our third special guest co-host is Jared. Jared, say hello to everyone. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so happy to have you on the show today. For anyone who may not be familiar with you and the work that you do in this space, tell us a little bit about Jared.
1: So I primarily uh, write reviews on my website, which is jr.com. and I also write reviews, usually about two a month, for Gnomes Too. so I am a gnome. And I greatly appreciate uh, being included with the other awesome gnomes there. And that's other than that, I spend an inordinate amount of time on Twitter making random comments about different (laughs) games and pop culture media, random stuff that strikes me. So that's me. (laughs)
0: Okay, yeah, I'm very friendly with many of the gnomes um, across the years anyway, so excited to have you here. So are you more of a board gamer or more of an RPGer, or do you not make that distinction?
1: I am definitely more of an RPG player. Um, It's just, especially when it comes to when I do play um, board games, I like collaborative things more than competitive, Um, which is weird Uh because there are a few competitive things that I like just because of concept, but yeah, I would much rather be coordinating with other people to achieve a goal than trying to compete with somebody else?
0: I'm completely the same, uh, especially now I play a lot of games with my kids. Um, and while I do destroy them <laughs> by, <and> viciously, <laughs> if we're playing a game where that's competitive, I enjoy playing games where we're all on the same side because uh, <laughs> I, you know, I want them to know what it feels like to get crushed uh, just because it's good for their <laughs> format, you know, formative years. But I prefer we're all on the same team. So, all right. And uh, if, so again, what's the name of your blog? It's what do I know, JR? Is that the Twitter or is that the blog or both?
1: Uh, that's actually both. What do I know? JR.com is the uh, blog and at what do I know? JR is my uh, Twitter handle.
0: Okay. And if someone wants to get a taste for reviews review, is there something you've written recently or something you're particularly proud of, or just like a good starting, like this will give me what Jared thinks about games to like a specific review you'd send them to?
1: Um well I said most recently I took a little bit of a look at the Patreon that Green Ronin is doing for um the Twilight Accord which mm-hmm. is basically um it's, it's interesting because it's them using Patreon to crowdfund a setting that they may not have had time to put on their schedule but because it is about uh it is a D&D 5e setting that is about LGBTQ uh characters um, being able to create this, uh, this, uh, basically a, a place for, you know, where they're safe and it's kind of a plainer thing. Mm-hmm. And because they believe in it enough that they want to have the ability to fund it, they've done it through Patreon. So I take a little bit of a look at that on Gnomes 2 most recently. Um, on my blog, I usually look at a little bit shorter things like I'm more likely to look at supplements on my blog versus, you know, full game rules on. Films do, but that's not always 100% the case. But
0: well, thank you for sharing. I'll put links in our show notes to, <laughs> to all those things. So if someone wants to go check some out your reviews, please, please do. Uh, but with that, we're going to jump into things. Oh, actually, sorry, I do want to quickly mention in case anyone <laughs> hasn't heard. So, Backer Kit, you know, a new contender has entered the ring. <laughs> uh, they have sort of separated themselves from Kickstarter, though I think they still are, like, you can still use Backer Kit with Kickstarter, but Backer Kit now has its own separate crowdfunding it is its own separate crowdfunding platform i looked for them this you know two week period i didn't see any currently running that i wanted to cover but there are lots of these that have been announced some very big companies like money cook games for example mm-hmm. you know multi hundred thousand bordering on million dollar campaigns are probably going to go off kickstarter and Kit. so they are going to hit hard soon so if you are into crowdfunding and you're not already aware of probably are, but if not, you want to check out Backer (laughs) Kit, because there's going to be some campaigns there soon. Okay, so with that out of the way, we're going to jump into the show. So each of us have brought three-ish campaigns we're going to take a look at. I will go first, and the first I wanted to talk about is called Splintered Lands. It's a post-apocalyptic themed deck builder. Anyone who's listened to my show or hung out with me knows deck building is one of my favorite game types. I absolutely love them. Um, I kind of grade them on a curve. Because I like the mechanics so much, and it's you know generally it's a a lot of times I should say it's a a co op experience. Some of my favorite deck builders are co op. Um, This one is not. (laughs) Um, So uh, this was created by Steve Holloway. This is the first they've created. They've backed forty seven, but they also have a game company imprint called Civil Dawn Games. I did very little googling, but I didn't see anything. So I think this is probably Steve created the company company is Steve type of a thing, but this seems to be their first game. Uh, as of when I looked things up yesterday, it was 135% funded. So it has already hit its goal is it about 13,500 on a goal of 10,000. I'm not great at math, but even I can figure out those percentages um, should have about 24 days left to go as of recordings. It ends on July 8th. And so yeah, Splinterlands is a two player deck building game where you risk your authority to venture into the wastelands, um, which are represented as the Dunes Row, and you want to bring back more resources to your camp. So essentially. You're playing across from me, so think Magic the Other and the other card game style. Uh, we have our area where we control our cards. We have, like, warriors that fight for us. We have defenses that pr- protect our little encampment. And then you lay out the cards in the middle, which is your Dunes Row or the Wasteland. So you venture out into the waste and you try to bring back some of the cards that would be revealed when you've turned them over. Uh, one of the mechanics is those, you don't get to see what you are going for like the the doom cards are face down you have to risk your authority uh which is represented by how much you know influence and how aggressively you were trying to go out into the waste and what you find there may not be good there could be great things they could be bad things so that's kind of the give and take push and pull of the game that you have to risk your authority which kind of against like hit points in a way sort of um to try to get things and you may end up getting great things or making terrible things so each game you're going to take three different factions and you're going to shuffle those together and that's going to form the draw pile that will make up the dune row that you will then bring into your encampment. The Kickstarter page looks really well done. I don't know if they did it themselves. They hired somebody. It looks professional, which is something I think it looks good. All the mechanics pretty much make sense. They, they explain how the game is played, so there's really no mystery if you're interested. like They, they are forthright with what the game is going to look like and what it does. Um, the art's kind of cool if you're into post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic themed games. I mean, it's very much like Mad Max type of a situation or, you know, think the zombie uh, the Walking Dead. I don't think there's any zombies, but kind of that sort of world that you're in. Um, the base level for the game is $35. Uh, shipping is, uh, $15 in US. So you're looking at 50 bucks all in to get the base game. There is a next tier up, which is $5 more, which includes neoprene playmats, mats. So they kind of help you figure out where the cards go, Um, as well as a founder's pack of alternate art cards. However, it looks like to me that that actually doesn't exist yet, that that one of the stretch goals is that becomes an unlockable tier that you can then pledge at. not a big fan of those type of stretch goals, and I may be misreading it, but that's what it looks like to me. And then some of the other stretch goals at the lower levels, um, they're basically unlocking those neoprene mats, which is why I'm confused, because as you... They're not unlocked yet, but they're in a pledge tier, whatever. Uh, the, also the Founders Pack, which is basically alternate arc cards. So also uh, the other thing that's in the other tier doesn't exist yet, but mostly you're looking at new factions. So if they the higher they get, they're going to get more and more factions, which would allow you to have a little bit more diversity in play because you're going to take three factions each game. But I think right now there are only three factions. So these stretch goals will allow you to get five, seven, nine, eleven 11 different factions that you can mix together. Uh, and delivery is expected in July of next year.
1: Yeah, I, I, I had seen this when I was looking for uh, different uh, games to bring up. And it didn't quite make my top three or four. But I really do like that as far as like for a deck building game, I think it's a neat concept to scavenge things for a deck building thing because it, it's really on theme. Like you are going out and finding things to put in your deck which is representing you going out into the desert and finding resources. It's a really, it's a, it's a nice uh, synergy between theme and mechanics there. yep. It's kind of one of the things like my favorite deck building game is, has been the, the DC heroes one.
0: Mm -hmm. I played a lot of that recently.
1: Yeah. And my only problem with that is the mechanics feel more logical when you're playing the villain version, because, Mm. you know, like you're collecting things from heroes to use against villains it almost feels more logical when it's like, I'm a villain that wants to take down a bigger villain than like Superman's going to grab Aquaman's Trident. And uh... <laughs> yeah, right. So I really do like that synergy between the theme and the mechanics there.
0: Yeah. It, again, I, I hope it works well. I know, again, I've not played every deck builder in the world, obviously, but generally the way the deck builders work is that you get to see what you want and the question is, how do you spend your resources? Like, you know, and you try to build a synergy within your deck so that it, you create something. And I do think it's an interesting twist that you don't know what you're going to get. So, and I may hate that. I may play and go, <laughs> no, not for me, but it's interesting to think about conceptually. Give it a uh, try. Larry, you have anything on this one or deck builders in general?
2: Well, I have a post apocalyptic one I'm going to mention later Ooh, in the podcast. Okay. But yeah, it seems maybe
0: a little bit of a mini theme going through here. Nice. All right. Well, that we'll that will, let's go ahead and move on, uh, Larry. What is your first one this week, sir?
2: Uh, the first one I'd like to mention is on Kickstarter. This one is called a Folklore Bestiary for Fifth Edition and the OSE or Old School Essentials. This one is uh, inspired by folk tales and superstitions. So they're taking monsters that uh, are from Well, literally folklore and superstition versus, you know, what stuff you've normally seen like your orcs and kobolds and things. The uh, books are going to be identical. They're going to be a hardback one edition you can get I, I think the issue that they're looking at in their pledge levels people were wanting to know if they can get like an OSE hardback and then a 5e pdf and at this point they don't didn't have a pledge level where you could mix and match you either had to buy the book and the pdf but you could get multiple copies you could also get all of them if you were interested um Sorry, they're jumping around a little bit on that one. It's funding at $69,000 at this point, and its original goal was a little over $8,000. Uh, this is converted from euros, I believe, here. They had an €8,000 euro, euro goal, and they're up to, what, eight times that now. So they're doing really well. It's got 24 days left on this one, so there's plenty of time to get in on it if you'd like. It will run through July 28th um oliver revenue is the creator of this one this is his fourth one uh he's backed at this point 61 different projects uh but looking at the ones that he's created so far he did the uh his little comp- his company has done knock with an exclamation point issues one two and three were his previous kickstarters all of those are, are, were successful um and they pushed a lot of content into these books and then put them out. It's more than a zine. It's these were larger books for uh, you know, on, on the kickstarters that he did um which collected a lot of blog posts from people and then had some additional uh, information put into them so that was something i had seen before that uh, it was more of a curation project than it was all original and this one here is where they've designed the um, 40 different monsters to be used in your games here so it's a little bit different um, style of project but again it's still for that old school and also fifth edition uh, line there um let's see everything there was no issues with uh, delivery at from the from the last 3 so things are looking good there they decided to go with no stretch goals on this one they just want to get the product funded uh the pdf is going to be $16 if you want to just get one version either the 5e or the osr $27 will get you both pdfs and then it jumps to a $35 level if you want a pdf and a book of one or the other 63 for both they're uh, hoping to deliver this by september for the pdf and he's said talking to the uh, printers that they're still looking for october to get the book printed out in 2022 so that's um i mean not not too far along and they had did, did mention on his updates and comments in there where they sorry that was in the comments that they had Been speaking to the printer and they still seem to be on track for delivery of that point. This is going to be a, an a five sized. So your digest sized here. Um, again, they mentioned they've done three different knock episodes or books, which uh, you can order through their website or look at them on drive through. This one's going to be 160 pages. So with 40 monsters, each, every one of them is getting a full page illustration. They're going to have several pages devoted to each uh, creature and Everything is supposed to have uh, full stats for the system that you bought. Also hooks, adventure ideas, and a map of a small adventure so that you can easily ho- drop this into a whatever fantasy game you're going to be running with. Shipping to this is uh, $10 if you get one hardback, 15 if you get two. And um, looking through, they do show a good bit of the art in here. I think uh, Letty Wilson was doing all the art for this. It looks pretty pretty neat as far as the ones they're showing you. It's not your run-of-the-mill stuff. It's, you know, another bestiary, but again, it's sort of taken a different slant on it. And you're got not getting as much as these horrible armies of ferocious monsters. You're getting sort of more something that might be just a specific one creature or uh, like a lieutenant maybe of an organization that you might run into so i like the way that everything it gives you a monster and a lot for that monster uh so that you can take this drop it in and you'll have things that'll spark you either spark your imagination or flat out will give you a short idea or adventure already based around using that creature for whatever its specialness is so that's uh, one of the reasons I, or that's the main reason i wanted to bring this one up too because i really like the way i like the layout that they've shown you and i like how it's focused you get not a ton of monsters but 40 monsters is, is, a, is a lot and I, I really like the way it's laid out and focused on them to give you really a, a time crunch or something you can pull this out and read for a little while and you should be good to go with it honestly um again take a look through um uh, there's got some art in here um i i really do like it 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 shows you what some of their uh is included in some of their knock issues and it also has a, a, a couple of reviews about those. So you can look at their previous work as far as
1: layout and
0: things like that. All right. Very cool. So Jared, do you have any specific thoughts on bestiaries in general or this one in
1: particular? <laughs> in general, I am, I, I'm like an easy mark for uh bestiaries. Like I get them all the time. Um, <laughs> I especially.
0: Apparently, a lot of people do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially the
0: Cobalt Press ones. <laughs>
1: well, and what's interesting to me is, especially since this is a folklore uh, bestiary, I like the idea that of something that kind of exists in the real world and maybe seeing how different publishers express that same creature in different ways. Um, like, for example, I have probably three different versions of 5e Shagoths. That you know, between all of the books that I have, and I can look between those and either say this is the one I want to use for this adventure, or even say I'm going to link this special ability from here because I think that makes more sense, and shove it into this one because I like the other stats in this. So I mean, I kind of like that idea of, especially you know, a shared space. You know, things like you know, open you know, open uh, domain things and and folklore having those multiple stats for the same things. Um, I did look at this one, and the only thing that I was slightly leery of, and I may still... I'm probably going to end up backing this one, but um, the only thing I was a little leery of is that it is primarily being produced as the OSR, and then they're hiring someone on to do the 5e conversions, Hmm. and... That could be fine, but it also depends. You know, it, yeah. it depends on if you hire somebody that really has a good feel for 5e mechanics versus somebody that has looked at the Monster Manual and thinks they can, you know, translate things over. So that's that's kind of my only concern when I was looking at this.
0: So I see it's uh, based out of France. Like, that's the origin uh, of the design country of origin for the designer. So that's one thing that makes me curious. Like, is this just french folklore uh because there's three examples i can see and i other i can pronounce jack and irons because those are english (laughs) words i know the other two not even going to try so i'm just curious if there's any american folklore Not, not that there needs to be i'm just curious if this is all european folklore or if there's any american folklore in there And I'm not seeing that just by scrolling through. I'm not reading hardcore, but I think this is all, which again, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but just of interest to some maybe what type of folklore creatures you're going to get.
2: Yeah. It wasn't I didn't notice that in in the update or in the comments section that they specifically mentioned that, but it does seem to be European focused. And yeah, like you mentioned, Jared, they, they do have, um, wow. Um, is Dargol is who they hired on to do their conversion (laughs) And just looking him up, he's got some other projects, but I believe those are also mainly in French as well. So the, certainly, it's it's it comes from that country, and uh, you know there's going to probably be a focus for that style uh, of creature or
0: folklore from that area. All right, so Jared, what is your first one this week, sir?
1: All right, so my first one is going to be a Bard RPG, um, and that is on Kickstarter. And it's got an end date of 721 they're at um, let's see I had I, I wrote this down okay good so they're they're actually they've met their goal now so that's nice certainly and um, their stretch goals are for like community copies uh, um, story maps which are basically other campaigns for use in this framework and it's basically It is a storytelling heavy, hence the name Bard. It's not about playing bards. It's about you being a storyteller. But the the basis of this RPG is... (laughs) And this is what got me, because I love this. It's using Jungian archetypes to build your character. Mm -hmm. So you pick two different Jungian archetypes and put them together, and that is the character that you're playing. So, you know, they have they have it divided into, like, will archetypes and ability archetypes. So you might have, like, the rebel, nomad, leader, and then, you know, you have artist, inventor, magician, explorer, jester. And you put those together and that's what your character is able to do. And a lot of it is about um, collaboratively coming up with things that you're good at and helping each other to overcome the obstacles that you run into and i just as as soon as you say you're basing an rpg on Jungian archetypes i cannot not want to see that get produced (laughs) like i love weird little concepts like that and so i really want to see what this looks like when it gets you know it's not a a specific genre that's what like those campaign uh the story maps are for It's like fitting, you know, like you could fit this into science fiction and like your magician archetype isn't literally a magician. That might be your, your engineer or inventor in, you know, like a science fiction type, uh, you know, storytelling framework. But I'm really interested in this. Um, this is from a first time creator. So that is an additional concern, but it's a $12 PDF is the entry level for this, um, I'm definitely willing to risk $12 to see something like this get made. Um, I will say like, just from what they're showing on the Kickstarter, they look like they have a handle on what they want to do with it. And there's some nice artwork on there. And, you know, I just, I'm super curious. And the other thing that I, I like is they even have like their funding breakdown. So it looks like they've, for being first-time creators, it looks like they've put a lot of thought into what it's going to take to get this produced.
0: Very cool. I see. There's some uh, actual play examples of the game being played as well. So if that's something you're interested in, so yeah, I saw this. Um, I think by the time I saw it, you'd because I actually went. I think I picked mine yesterday. <laughs> you'd already chose it, but I know there's like a very famous Bard like RPG. I think, by the same people who did like the old King's Quest, Bard's mm-hmm. Tale, yeah. maybe. Bard's yeah. Tale, maybe, yeah. So I was just curious if that was in any way not related, maybe inspired, but it doesn't look like it is. I think, I mean, obviously the word Bard is not, <laughs> you know, owned by anybody. But actually, it looks like the lead designer that they kind of go by the name Bard. Yeah. Like, so they're they're very they're into the Bard situation, so that makes sense <laughs> for them. So all right, yeah, and you know we talk about that a lot. That you know one of the not a red flag, but like a caution flag is if this is a first time they've Mm -hmm. created something because, you know, who knows if they're actually going to be able to pull through, but on a platform like crowdfunding, there should be a lot of first time. That's the whole point is that you have something you, this is going to allow you to make it. And 16 bucks, I'm willing to risk 16 bucks on a first time grader. If you're, you know, $75 plus 15 shipping for a board game with 700 minis, I'm probably going to (laughs) pass if that's your first Kickstarter. But if it's a book that you've written about games you've already played, I'm a lot, lot, lot less oh, likely yeah. to be too concerned about it. I think I said that really weirdly, but I think you know what I mean. All right. Anything from you on this one, Larry?
2: I was just going to say, though, you can get their endless gratitude for a mere $3. I mean, dude, can you really put a price on that? I mean, apparently you can. It's $3. But yes. it's for them. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But no, as far as what you guys are talking about, bringing something like this that does seem to be a definitely a, a what i would say a different approach a fresh type of approach to that with the mixing and matching of the two different uh, your will and ability yeah it's definitely worth looking into to uh to check it out at, at least at the pdf level which is little risk and like jared said there there's a lot of breakdown they've done and obviously they've put the research into it and have it uh, laid out in front of us to see you know
0: what they think works and yeah i like it very cool all right, so I will start back. My second one this week is The Haunted Pass, which is a D&D 5e adventure for first-level characters. This was created by C Forever Media Group, this is their second created, uh, their 12th, they have they have back 12. Their previous campaign was for a card game that was sold to be similar to Magic the Gathering that shockingly did not fund in 2020 and was canceled. <laughs> so it seems like they may have regrouped and thought, you know what, let's start small. Because again, I think, that, I mean, again, someone someday is going to create the next Magic the Gathering. But anytime someone says we've created the next Magic the Gathering, I'm always like, no, you didn't. <laughs> so when i looked at this yesterday the project was currently funded at 467 percent funded uh at on the basically i don't think that's right i think i messed up. but basically they had 467 dollars and their goal was 100 bucks so they were like 46 times funded i think i added an extra digit in there so they're very <laughs> very low goal 100 bucks was a goal uh they have 23 days to go as of recording it ends on july 7th The Haunted Pass is a standalone, complete adventure for D&D, IV, fit for first-level characters. And although it is a self-contained adventure, it can also be part of what they hope to be a six-part series. They got five more in the works that, if you do run them together, can form an entire campaign. Uh, The materials of the campaign include detailed maps, a handout version of the map to give to players, GM notes for setting up the adventure, background, NPCs, and a new monster. Uh, Here's the thing for me. It's five bucks. You get a PDF, five bucks, and it's done. So as soon as the Kickstarter ends, you get it. And this is like the fourth or fifth of these I've covered. I love this model. I think this is what Kickstarter is supposed to be for a lot of people. It's like, I've created a campaign. I want to share it with the world. Five bucks, give it a shot. And if it's great, then buy the others. And if it's not you're only out five bucks and you still probably got a map you can reuse or something like that. So still basically, this is essentially the first one they've created, but according to the Kickstarter, it's done. You're going to get it very soon. It ends in July, five bucks, first edition. Yeah. I'm, or five E first level, I should say. <laughs> uh, I'm willing to give something like this a shot. Uh, so what about you, Jared, any thoughts on these types of campaigns or this one specifically?
1: I've seen, um, I've seen this a couple times now, more recently where, especially for adventures for five E where it's like, I have the adventure written. I just want to make it prettier. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as soon as you you yeah, as soon as this funds, then I'll send it out to you. I really I do like that idea. I I also like the idea that published adventures from most like big third party people or from Watsy are going to be trying to do something new that hasn't been done before and this actually gives some space where somebody's like, I just wanna do like a haunted house adventure or something like that. And it doesn't have to be novel. And if it's good, that's great. You know, it, yeah. it, you know, sometimes using the same tropes and doing it in a very solid way is good. And this gets those people a chance to get those things funded and out to people to show what they can do. So, yeah, I I kind of love this, this sort of, you know, way to fund these things.
0: Yeah, I've I'm, I'm, said so many times, execution matters. If Absolutely. you have the most bare bones, cliche adventure in the world, but it's fun to run and play... Mm-hmm. that's all that matters. And yeah, absolutely. And the only thing I would say just in general, anyone who, who is listening, who may be thinking about doing their own thing. I see this all the time on Twitter that people are kind of over the start at first level, go to 10th level D and D adventures. Like people are looking for some high level adventures. So I'm less likely to back. If someone says this is a venture for 15th level, and this is the first one they've written, I'm going to question if they can ride a 15th level adventure. <laughs> so first level makes sense, but I think that's probably the, maybe the, the niche market that people could exploit is that there isn't a lot of higher levels. So I'm sure there is on DMs guild, but on Kickstarter, I see almost everything is always low level first, second, third, fourth level. I don't see very many that are 15th level or 20th level. So maybe think about that. <laughs> All right, Larry, anything on this one?
2: Yeah, I, I really, I, I do like the price point on this one. And Part of the joy to keep coming back every couple of weeks and to continue to do this show is when you say something like, and it's $2 and there's a twinkle in your eye. <laughs> that keeps me coming back. But uh, yeah, it, it is It is sort of a glut, like you're saying. There's a ton of beginner level adventures out here. But again, you do have to start somewhere. And mm-hmm. ev- not everybody starts at first level, but you know, a lot of us do.
0: As a designer, I'm a first level designer, so yeah. <laughs> all right so uh larry what is your second for this week please
2: uh the second one here again th- this week uh i just got all of mine from kickstarter that just the way it happens i not not you know don't need an apology for that or anything
0: but i'm just I, i'm right there with you i looked at all the others and came back to kickstarter for all of them
2: uh this one is called loot hunters uh first coin for a uh, one euro Um, and that's that's the title of this one it's a system neutral supplement for any rpg this is all black and white the art and everything fantasy tabletop maps and art ready adventures random tables they have a goal of just over a thousand dollars and they're sitting at eighteen hundred and eighty five now so it's fully funded this was for a longer period. This one still has 40 days to go on it. So it's running through August 14th, which is <clears throat> my birthday. So, you know, they oh. send your gifts and <laughs> cards full of cash and, and, you know, all of the Kickstarter money this way. But uh, enough about me. Exploring Map is the creator of this. And they have created, this is the eighth project they've done. Uh, they've backed 30 more. And if you take a if well, like I did, if you take a look at the things they have done, it is very in the same vein as this you get a lot of cartography work there's uh almost all of it is black and white stuff but it's all tabletop map packs simple dungeons um a lot of over you know, overland maps and uh you know underground maps too but uh we're looking for this one here let's see they've met their goal they've got a stretch goal coming up if they can breach uh, two thousand uh, dollars they're going to add a couple more of their dungeon battle maps in the entry pledge on this one is a low two dollars for the uh, PDF, and no matter what enter or no matter what pledge level you pick, uh, they do say that the print on demand is going to be available through Lulu, so you'll be paying for the production and the shipping from Lulu there. But uh, they have several levels, which for the same product, uh, two I think it was two, four, and six dollars, you could. Um, back the product here to get you the loot hunters first coin but that was just basically giving them extra money for the same thing Uh, for higher higher levels lets you add in previous projects that they have released so you can add in an extra pack of battle maps or uh, take a look at the previous products here Um, looking at delivery for september 2022 here and that again is for their pdf i i don't know how quickly lulu goes through for shipping and things to uh, you know get that in, in your hands but it should be uh, available September for the PDF. Um, you can uh, again black and white art through all of this. You've got maps for the region, uh, town maps. There are five dungeon battle ba- battle maps included in this, and again a stretch goal for to adding two more into it. There is uh, lore, adventures, rumors, and uh, loot included in here, so you get some randomness. Like if you get a one page. Uh, battle map for the dungeon they'll have a sidebar where you can roll uh for the loot and things of that nature to populate the dungeon basically it's just it seems like it's for people who are looking for some low prep stuff here's a packet and you can take this and add some more details into it or sort of run it sort of bare bones and you know if you can go ahead and run it and make up things on the fly be pretty easy to have a good bit of content here that you can work with and it's again coming in at two dollars for their first pledge level it's easy to get a hold of um they've successfully funded all their other maps and you get a good look at what the, you know they show you a good representation of um, their overland maps the town maps are like the buildings were appeared to be just sort of shaded blocks that are numbered for for a key so they're not really pretty but they would be func- you know fully functional here uh and i did like the way that on the layout they're showing you nicely easy to read uh, labeled maps with some keys on them um i I think it's it's fairly simple the way it's laid out but it gives you a lot for you know bang for your buck there on there and this is going to be coming through if you get it through zul or lulu it will be an a5 size um i don't know I, i again it's black and white sort of on the cheap here but i like what they're giving you for your money certainly do
0: you know my favorite part it's $2. It's
2: $2.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, if you
2: get your cornbread and your beans for two bucks and you enjoy it, it's well worth the money, right? <laughs>
0: exactly. Absolutely.
2: Yep. Uh, but there are links down at the bottom where you can look at their itch page. Uh, they have a Patreon as well as Facebook and, and Twitter, too, to look at what they're working on, things that they worked on in the past. And there's links to their other um created projects of which like I said you can add those on in your pledge levels if you want. So I think for somewhere around um thirteen dollars you can get the original here loot hunters and then you can add in a pack of five battle maps. They've got the hollow adventures of Haunted Witch Hill and then a separate one called Forsaken Past. Um, and that's 13 bucks for a good bit of content. So again, so, you know, we're bringing it in here on the low levels. So we're not trying to break anybody's bank, but we're trying to give you, uh, you know, worth for your money here.
0: And you're continuing to keep us in the international space because this one is based out of <laughs> Athens, Greece. So thank you for having a wide spectrum of, uh, you know, where, where you're pulling from
2: that one. I, 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 I do remember reading that part, but I reading through the actual layout in the Kickstarter page. I couldn't tell this wasn't a first, English, not a first language, so I don't know if there there doesn't seem to be any kind of issue with it being, you know, a transfer or translation of any kind. Mm-hmm. I really like the way it's laid out and, and the updates were clear. I, I'm,
0: I'm happy with this one, too, as well. Of course, that's why I'm mentioning it. Hey, look Absolutely. at this.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: All right. So, uh, Jared, what's your second one this week, sir?
1: All right. So my second one is Monster Wrangler. It is also on Kickstarter. Um, It is, oddly enough, I know we've probably never heard of this concept, but you are playing someone that captures monsters and trains them so that they can fight against other trainers with their monsters. That'll never work. (laughs) And um, so, I like this idea, obviously, it's a tried and true thing, and... (laughs) What's interesting to me is, um, reading through this, they have, like, a base level of, you know, monsters, and it looks like there's gonna be, like, a full-page thing showing each monster, and, um, you know, a breakdown of all of its abilities, and things that it can learn over time, and, um, basically your, uh, your stretch goals are going to be adding different monsters and monster types, and, um... Uh, they're going to be increasing the art budget, which it looks like since they are doing like a detailed look at each type of monster, you know, that makes sense because this is going to be a full color thing. It's going to be showing all these monsters. The thing is, it's, it, for the concept, it is, they are less Pokemon looking and a little more like fantasy looking, uh, creatures. It's not done in like an anime type style. It's more of a, uh, I don't want to say realistic, but it's not, um, it isn't, you know, the the standard, you know, anime style that you see with with uh Pokemon. But there are still some really interesting, like there is a snake thing with snakes for arms. And and an an armored uh uh mastodon that, you know, has icicles hanging off of it. Stuff like that. And it's just I, I like that. The it sounds like reading through the um the rule system. It is Like, you have an ability and a skill, and it creates a dice pool, and you're rolling D10, so it sounds very much like the, um, the, like, storyteller system from, like, White Wolf slash Onyx Path. Okay. So, for anyone that's familiar with those, it's probably going to be pretty easy to jump on this concept and understand, you know, how, you know, how the game runs. Let's see. They are at, um, they are only at half of their goal, so... For 22 days left as of this recording, it, you know, closes out on the 25th. They probably could use a boost if they're actually going to make this happen. I think it's pretty interesting. It is a relaunch, so it seems like they tried doing this before and it didn't go through. And I don't know that that's a sign that the project isn't working well, other than that it's just maybe not getting the penetration or the, uh, you know, the exposure for people that would be likely to jump on this and back it. Um, Other than the relaunch, the other thing that I will say is a little bit of a concern to me is that the setting when they describe it sounds kind of like a Pan-Asian setting Mm. and there's no discussion about having sensitivity readers or consultants on this. I don't, it doesn't mean they don't, You know, but the fact that it's not featured makes me a little leery that they're presenting a Pan-Asian setting and then doing this, even though obviously it's inspired by Pokemon, so that is one thing that I'm a little concerned about on it Um, but it's a $15 PDF is like the lowest level you can back at again, that's not a terrible risk I don't think and I would be interested to see this and I really think a lot of their ambition is coming from, like it looks like they are going for some serious artwork budget here
0: Mm Hmm. I agree. Like the art they show is really good. Like it's just you know evocative and you know it looks like someone that really knows what they're doing. So they've already got some art spent clearly, unless they they pulled it from somewhere. (laughs) But yeah, and I was looking and I, I didn't do a deep dive, but I don't. I see information about the artists that they've hired, but I'm not seeing any information about the. Designer or designers, so it's mm-hmm. possible they come from a Pan Asian background and so like they are qualified. But yeah, I don't see anything about that.
1: Yeah. And that, that's something that, you know, that, that sends up my senses these days. So, <laughs> so
0: could be fine, could be worrisome. Mm-hmm. Again, your, your mileage may vary just how much deep dive than you want to do before you would back something like that.
2: I would uh, like, yeah, I wanted to mention, uh, like you said, the artwork is great. But looking through the different types and all of the abilities and things, they have an advancement system with XP after your matches or your fights or whatever. And looking at the sheet for the actual monster for that Galadon, the you know the snot-nosed icicle uh, <laughs> Mastodon, it's really got a lot of detail and depth to it as far as it explains why these certain traits make it this versus a different monster type it's mm. way seems way deeper than just you know fire plant and you know that yeah. kind of thing so the system itself looks like it's got a lot of meat to it. It's, it it reads pretty cool honestly and yeah i think i'm gonna have to take a second look at this one
0: <laughs> awesome all right uh my third one this week i'm actually really happy so this is probably what would have been my top i'm just too lazy to re reorder them because <laughs> I, I think this one actually like just launched like after I had looked at the other ones. And this is called Haphazards. It is created by um, J-A-B-A-S, I don't know, Yavis, Yavis uh, which they self-identify as a family of gamers. Uh, this is their first created. They have backed none. So those are some caution flags for me. Project was 15% funded when I looked yesterday. So it was right around $1,500 on a goal of 9,500. It has 29 days to go as of recording. It ends on August 1st. So in haphazards, you and your friends are accident-prone adventurers in a fantasy world. Each round, one player encounters a dangerous hazard, and the other players use their random, and often absurd, item cards to attempt a rescue. The player with the best rescue plan wins. The game is played with three three to eight players ages five and up. So basically it's a sort of a, a version of like apples to apples or cards against humanity sort of situation where you have seven random item cards. And these are truly like just wild random things. Someone gets captured or gets put in some sort of hazard. Like one of the examples they give is like, they're carried off by a Griffin and then you choose three of your cards and you concoct an escape plan or a rescue plan. And when it's your turn, you present your cards and you present your plan. So, like, I'm going to use my squirt gun to make the Gryphon drop you. I'm going to use my pil- feather pillow um, to you, cat- catch you type of thing, right? And so it's also sort of a storytelling game as well as just sort of the absurd, like, you know, which random items go together. And then whoever is being rescued gets to pick which which plan they think has either the funniest, the best, or the most likely chance of success. And then they score that card as their point and you play to a certain number of points it sounds really cool and really fun i actually i could see myself playing this with my kids absolutely uh there are videos on the kickstarter page that show the game mechanics and how it works so i just think it it's a simple game sounds kind of fun something i'd want to play base game is only 20 bucks shipping is available in u.s and canada only for 10 bucks each so looking at 30 bucks all in uh, there's a few stretch goals um, to, to include additional themed hazards and items. So like they have a spooky section. They'll add in more spooky cards like ghosts and vampires. They have a sci-fi one and tech ones so, like time travel, that kind of stuff. Uh, the game is already done. They've already got prototypes and they expect to deliver December this year. I'm going to guess they're not going to hit that just because it's the first time back. I'm going to guess that something's going to happen. <laughs> so I would not expect it to hit in December. But I do like that the game is basically already done. And honestly, like there are so many versions of apples to apples out there, and let's be honest, cards against humanity. like people have like, this is a simple game mechanic. They just put their spin on it. That's what this is. So it's not like they're having to recreate their own mechanics. They've just themed it in a way that I find fun. Um, so I'm all for this one. I will almost guarantee I'm going to back this one myself.
1: What, what's funny is is that kind of gives me flashbacks and I know it's not resolved the same way but we used to have, my game group used to get together on Saturdays and play the uh, It's Not My Fault cards from Fate, where you basically, you make a Fate character by drawing cards, and it gives you your aspects, and then you start off in this completely ridiculous situation, and everyone goes around, you know, it comes up with, this is the situation you're in and this is why it's not this person's fault. And you you all start off and then you try and resolve this horrible situation that you start the session in. (laughs) So granted that's a little bit different, but I like that concept.
0: Yeah. It's a fun setup. Like I, I like that. And again, this is one of those games I probably wouldn't play it for like five hours on a Saturday, but I could totally see this be the first game I play in like a game weekend or Mm -hmm. like, especially with my kids. Like, I think my kids would really get into this. You know, I got an 11 and 12 year old and I I do think that's sort of maybe the, um, the, the the audience, that's the audience that they're looking for maybe excuse a bit younger, Mm -hmm. but I mean, even as a, an old man, I I would have fun (laughs) doing this once or twice, you know, like trying to come up with how wild of an idea can I get these three cards, you know, squirt gun, water slide and a pillow how am i going to use these three things to come up with an escape plan? i think that's just a fun
2: setup so that does sound like a good one (laughs) everyone is velma right (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh no
0: my glasses
2: um all right so larry what is your third one this week sir well, this is the post-apocalyptic one that I, that I don't know if it ties in directly, but it follows along with your card game that you started off with. This one's on Kickstarter. It's called Wasteland Sagas, post-apocalyptic tabletop role-playing game. Okay, we've heard that before. Yeah. Game mm-hmm. World and things of that nature. Uh, it's not quite funded yet. It's sitting at $2,700 of a $3,000 goal. It's got 17 days to go. So July 21st is going to be how long it's running till. The Polyhedral Knights uh, are doing this game. They have created 7, back to 18 here. A lot of their games, excuse me, a lot of their former projects here are uh, also games. They had one that failed, and that was a movie that was a prequel to one of their games. So that's, I believe, was the only unsuccessful one they had. Uh, and they've used different types of mechanics and things, and they're... St- a good bit of difference in their games, but this one focuses on being a uh, post-apocalyptic and it starts out, um, uh, Mickey Barfield is the main game designer here. And he starts out in his video talking about the first game I played was post-apocalyptic and you've got, you know, a large, um, sort of vacuum where you can have one type of game, hard, crunchy game on the end, and on the other side you've got, you know, a game where it's mostly like narrative. And here they're trying to meet it somewhere in the middle. Well this one is they've decided to go with having you're gonna have a full character sheet. It looks pretty similar to the abilities you'll see on a a Dungeons and Dragons type game or something with your base abilities, strength, constitution and whatnot. But everything's based on a percentage. Uh, system. The skills are going to be percentile based and your abilities get converted into percentile bases. So if you're running for uh, something and you need to make a saving throw, basically you're going to roll percentile dice, try to roll under. That's the system that they're going with here. Um, I like the approach they've got to it. It's fairly simple. Uh, they've got a breakdown of skills here. Most of the skills that they tell you about, you take a look at and figure out how you can put points into it to get your skill rating, your level that you roll against. Then they've got a few skills, other skills that are not leveled they call them well not leveled non-leveled skills and it's basically you have this or you don't the thing i do like about it it seemed to mention gamma world a couple of times but from his description of it i got way more of a feel that it was like a boy and his dog type of post apocalypse where it's really kind of you uh, against the world you're looking to try to stay alive and and gather some resources and things of that nature um the Think Gamma World and Fallout somewhere in between there. They're going to have uh, cybernetics, androids, and mutations. So you're going to be able to run the gamut of either being an upper worlder, which could be someone that's been subjected to radiation and has things that have happened to them. You could be a below-decker, which is more of what they're calling like a pure strain human that's come up from underneath in a, from a bunker. So you may have cybernetics or you may have some androids you're bringing with you something along those lines the the game itself is already finished and they said that the text of the rules will be sent out upon the start or upon the finish of the kickstarter they're looking to finish layout and um also art with bringing the money uh, that they're going to be bringing in with this one they've got the base book they have an npc book and a setting guidebook and the base level here to get on just for the guidebook itself was uh, for the pdf nine dollars and at, like i said at the end uh, of funding you'll get that pdf um then you can add on different levels if you want to get the the npc book or the um uh, guide book here for the setting and i did there wasn't really mention of shipping in here so i did talk to the creator of this one and he did tell me that um the shipping of that i think it was going to be eight dollars
0: well, if you if you pledge at a physical level it asks you the country and when you pick US it adds five dollars. Okay.
2: Well I, I had some questions about that that I uh, was going there is a on. there is an
0: eight dollar shipping for the top cider level. So you're looking I guess five or eight depending on which version you go with.
2: Okay. Eight for all bo- uh, all the books, right? On top of that. Yeah. Okay. So um, but the campaign itself, the the And and the other games, and the video, he's got two videos here showing you skill use and rolling checks against that and how penalties work, and then a combat video, again, showing how that works uh, with some neat little uh, minis he's got and some terrain on there, Uh, but I thought they went through pretty well. During the video itself, he makes a couple of errors with the numbers as far as penalties, and then they've got some uh, subtitles there explaining that actually it should be this instead of what he said here. So I thought that they presented the game well, and they go over who's all in, who all is involved in this, and I think it's in Florida is where they're all based, uh, at least continuing the, the international
0: the
2: <laughs> right southeastern <laughs> S- 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 nations. Um, exactly. <laughs> Uh but I I I dug this one here mainly because of, after watching the videos I thought I was I was going to give this one a good look and yeah post apocalyptic seems like a it's right up my alley today I'm interested both in the one nice. you presented and in this one
0: I think probably the first thing that's to to me is $19 seems low for yes physical book I don't I'm not seeing page count I mean, it's probably maybe in there I just cuz I'm just scrolling through but and that that's a really low level which it could just yeah. be people are super excited. They just want to get this book into the world. They want to be successful. I totally get that. But I'm almost worried that they're setting themselves up for failure. Like they they're put it so low assuming they would overfund and maybe they won't. So that's just my, again, I have no idea. It seems low. It seems like a low price point for a physical book.
2: Yes, and when I talked to the creator on the in the comments sections where I was asking him things and I did mention that, that I said it was really affordable and he said uh, they're aiming to make something that's affordable for all of our patrons and we want to grow our company. So, it sounds like they are definitely shooting for a low, you know, initial cost yeah. to try to it get it. It could be out a there. loss
0: later, like maybe they they're fine with that just they're hoping to build an audience with a good product. Again, it's, it's worked for other people before, so just something I, I would note. There's uh, a level Oh just that there's
2: a level if you want to get the creator to run you through a game it's $300 if you're interested in getting some sessions out of that and you can get a pledge for $90 or more you get this complete game and you also get all of their previously released games which I looked at DriveThru and it's uh, I think $52 to buy them individually and it's uh, like $49 to get them here but they are on sale on DriveThru so at regular price
0: if you're interested that would be a good you know that would be a good value for you if you oh, Okay Thank you for that research. That's good work. <laughs> uh, anything on this one, Jared?
1: It definitely, um, definitely reminds me of Fallout more than like Gamma World. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of, it almost looks like Fallout, but not with the as you know the future is seen through a fifties aesthetic, the way you know. So, yeah, that's it's interesting. Definitely, like, just I like looking at character sheets when I'm looking at a game because that usually tells me something. Mm -hmm. So, tells you a lot, actually. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it's telling me that skills are going to be very important in this, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which makes sense for a post-apocalyptic game.
0: Yeah, not that I need other projects, but that actually makes me think there there could be like a sub. Like a subsection of a show where you just take a look at a character sheet and you try to come up with what you think that game is about.
1: (laughs) Reverse engineer this. Yeah, reverse
0: engineer the game. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Very cool. All right. So, Jared, I think that brings us to your third this week. I believe you have a fourth, so you're going to do some extra work for us, but what is your third?
1: I did because it's my first time on the academy, so I wanted extra credit. Uh, Exactly. So So, um Uh, My third one is, um, it's a dice Kickstarter and it is the, uh, Ann Stokes dice sets and accessories. If you've seen the, um, I can't remember the name of it now. I should have done this better. The, um, there's a Cthulhu set of dice where, you know, they had the, uh, the dice and the magnetic boxes with the neat art on it. Oh yeah. This is, this is that same concept. But it is using Anne Stokes artwork, and the reason this jumped out at me is back when I was playing a lot of uh, uh, Savage Worlds, and you're using like different decks for initiative. I looked for Anne Stokes artwork on card decks a lot mm. because I I love some of the fantasy stuff that she does, and it's really striking. So. You know, seeing her artwork on those uh, boxes and they're all they're all neat, sparkly dice with, you know, different colors. But I think part of what really sells it to me is having, you know, the magnetic box with the artwork to store them in. And what is even neater with this set is that not only do you get those magnetic boxes with her artwork on it, but if you get the whole set, there is like a big box that holds all of them. So it it is basically um a larger, you know, sleeve that holds all this entire set of dice. And I believe there are um uh, how many total? Uh nine sets. So you get a slipcase that holds that whole set of them in those magnetic boxes. And I like how the dice look. I like I really love her art, so I just wanted to throw that out there as a possibility for people if you're looking For more dice, because that's usually a thing that's not that hard to sell uh, RPG players on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there are so many. It's almost confusing. I keep seeing these dice kickstarters, and they're all super fun. I'm just like, I guess I need to get into the dice business, because it seems like easy
1: money. (laughs) The, um, I, I believe, let me double check here. Um
0: So while you're looking, I will say that these these dice are very pretty. They're, in particular mm-hmm. the Medusa and the Phoenix set, Phoenix yeah. Rising set look good to me. But I, I've said before, the number one thing I look for dice these days is clarity. I need to pretty be able usability. to see them. Yeah. Um and yeah. there's a couple of the there's some that have good contrast, like the hidden depth one has a great contrast. Yeah. But there's a couple that are like these are really pretty, but I could never actually use them at a table because I would not yes. be able to see them.
1: I I totally understand. Um, Dice is a young person's game. (laughs) (laughs) Like, when I first looked this up, it wasn't at this level. But they are at uh, 34,000 out of an 18,000 goal, so it's funded. Yep. Um, The other thing I actually kind of like about this is they are doing add-ons for, like, dice trays and things like that, but they are not doing stretch goals. Mm -hmm. And I will just say... Having backed other dice, um, dice Kickstarters, I don't think dice people should do, uh, stretch goals. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because there are production things involved and those production things can bite you in the rear end. Yeah. I
0: mean, like, maybe you do a set of like, we'll start with the D4 and our stretch goal (laughs) is to add a D6.
1: Exactly. Um, the, the starting, um, you know, to get one set is, uh, $21. And the, the shipping estimates go from 12 to $16 based on how many sets you get. Actually, I mean, honestly, this is one of those ones where if, if I were to back this, I would want to get, like, all of the sets. So mm-hmm. that, <laughs> that that's just me. Um, it looks like um, they're shooting for January 2023, and... Um, the only thing that I would say is, as I alluded to, I've been burned by dice kickstarters before. Um, I won't uh, specifically name it, but there was one that had a, that funded like a phenomenal amount. And they had all these kickstarters and the dice came out and they they look like plastic with mm-hmm. colors in them. <laughs> and it also took an incredible amount of time to get these muddy looking dice out yeah. to everybody. So, yeah, I don't think this is going to be a problem, um, especially not with that. You know, they don't have a Kickstarter for like three times as many, you know, dice as they're actually showing in the set. Right. I, I would probably say it looks like they have their prototypes all lined up and ready to go. This is just, you know, getting it ready to put into full production. But since I always was a fan of Ann Stokes artwork, especially, you know, when I was doing my Savage Worlds uh, thing and getting the dice or the cards with those, that artwork, I wanted to throw this one out there.
0: So I'm a sucker. If you can get me to like, even like a chuckle, It's like, if you put something in your Kickstarter that just makes me sort of chuckle, that absolutely will erase a lot of my caution flags. I love that they have added an outer space postage level. So if you want to order outer space, it's either 100,000, is this euros? I don't know. the uh, Or it's a million if you get the full set. And then in parentheses, they have hope in the outer space price makes you you feel better about yours. Small thing made me chuckle. Yeah. Oh, so larry are you looking at this
2: um i wish i hadn't because there's a couple of sets that like just <laughs> I, I, yeah i'm gonna
0: make everybody pick well out of so we have soul bond there's valor phoenix rising oak king medusa hidden depths fire dragon black unicorn which is pink you think it'd be peaking <laughs> the coin. Uh, w- and Wake Your Magic. So out of those, w- which is your favorite? Like, just, you know, not worrying about price or anything, just instant reaction, looking at the color schemes. What do you think? What's the prettiest set, or which is the one you'd want?
2: Oh, as soon as I saw Phoenix Rising, I was like, okay, that's that's a no-brainer for me, because you remember those little dumb dumb orange suckers you used to get, like, at the mm. back or whatever? <laughs> as soon as I see that color, I'm just like, I something sweet has hit me. Oh, I got to have that. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to actually I'm right there with you, even though that is not the highest contrast set of, of the list. And again, I'm going way off on tangent. My apologies. But recently I got to play <laughs> D&D with my childhood friends. I've been talking about it on Twitter and on podcasts. It was a big deal. Now we're playing a campaign. It, it happened. I got, I got the hook back in them, <laughs> and we're going to be playing a campaign. And when I first started playing with these kids – I had a set of four orange dice and those were the ones I always <laughs> rolled my characters with. I always called them like magic dice. Cause I rolled so well with them and they have been lost to time. I no longer have those four and the four sets, even though they have the special symbol for the six, they look a lot like those four <laughs> orange dice I had as a kid. So for that reason alone, if I were to back this one at one level, it would be the Phoenix rising. But I think hidden depths is actually my favorite. What about you, Jared? So you you brought this to us. You're going to cause us to spend money today. If you had to pick just one, what's your favorite?
1: <laughs> well, see, I, I'm I'm like an easy mark for blue and purple dice. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking at the Medusa ones.
0: That's a good set, too. I think that's a very... And it has a good contrast, too. Mm-hmm. It's definitely... It'd be, it'd be in the upper half if I were to rank them by that. <laughs>
1: yeah. I really kind of like the color on the Awake Your Magic. It's just I think that gold with that blue is a little... Harder to, you know, it is the contrast thing on that one, too.
0: Yep, I I agree. It looks pretty. The dice look pretty, but I would have a hard time reading those at the table. (laughs) All right. So, so you're doing extra credit. You brought us a fourth. What's that one this week?
1: All right. This one is, okay. So first off, I'm just going to say this is one of the things that saved my sanity during, uh, you know, the height of. of, uh, Allegedly saved your (laughs) sanity. Yes. Good point. Uh, During the the height of everything going on with uh, the pandemic, and um, that is, the Kickstarter is Snapships Tactics Constructible Miniatures game. And the thing is, over a year ago, the Snapships actually came out, and it's a building set where you can build things like, you know, starfighters and, you know, mechs and things like that. And... When they first came out, I got like every set of these because I would just sit here and while I was doing other things, that was my stress relief was building different kind of, you know, mechs and starships and everything. And at the time they had mentioned this being a game, but they didn't have any game rules with the initial sets. And now they're launching this Kickstarter. And what it is, is it's basically turning those ships and putting them on bases and doing something kind of like the X-Wing miniatures game where Mm -hmm. it turns it into a tactical fighter game. And, um, I just, I love this concept and I kind of want to see this fund and I'm really tempted to get this. Basically, that's, that's it. The, um, the game itself will add a bunch of like, they have bases that you can put the, the finished ships on. There's, uh, the plastic measuring things to see, like when you're making turns and things like that. There's markers for, you know, how much damage you've taken and things like that. And then there's cards telling you all you know all what different components that you added, you know, count for different things. One of the things that I thought was neat is they have something called AI cards, which is if you want to play this solo, you actually over, you know, turn the AI decks over and it tells you what the opponents are doing that turn, which I thought was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. The starter set is $99, which I mean, it's it's a miniatures game, so I mean $99 probably isn't is large as if you've looked at any miniatures games. <laughs> but it starts off, they have two ships that you can build with that, and it has the stands, the cards, um, terrain tiles, so like things like um, asteroids and things like that. You get the dice that you use for the game and the dials for like tracking damage and ammo and things like that, and the movement tools. There is not a playmat in that in that uh, tier, but there is an add-on to where you can get the playmat. I kind of wish the playmat had come with it, but honestly, all your, it's, it is what it is. That's a lot more expensive. So I, I get why it's not part of that. But I just love the idea of building your own fighters and then using them in a miniatures game. So I can't, you know, I can't not endorse this. This is their, I, this is their first that they've backed, but they have built these, they have produced these building sets before. So, I could be wrong. I don't think necessarily doing a game with extra components is going to be that much harder for them than doing the building sets that they've already put out. And like I said, I could be wrong about that. But I'm thinking that even though they're a first time, you know, producer of this, they have already shown that they've produced this entire line of things that you can build otherwise.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, this is actually really cool. My my oldest kid is really into Lego. Mm hmm and I think this would be something that they would be interested I don't even know if they'd want to play the game, but just being able to build all these different <laughs> things would probably uh, hook them. Uh, I found the shipping. So there's basically, there's three different pledge levels. You can get like the starter set or the fleet, which is everything. Uh, US shipping would be 18 for the starter set or 45 for the fleet. And then they have it different zones. So like Canada's in Zone Two, Japan, South Korea's in Zone Three, and it varies and generally goes up uh, if you're in the higher zone. So basically, U.S. you're looking at eighteen to forty-five in ship, which is not cheap. But based on what you're getting, it's not. Yeah, you know, it's not like I don't think they're inflating their prices to cover anything. Like that's what it's probably going to cost them to ship all this stuff.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, looking at the, I have um, the sets that are basically the baseline that they use for the two fighters in this. And those aren't small sets that, you know, that they're putting in there. So if it's a package that has both of those and all of this other stuff, yeah, that doesn't seem too unreasonable for Mm -hmm. the shipping there. Um, The other thing that I will throw out there as a horrible, horrible thing to do to people that are (laughs) obsessive like me is the ships, while they are based on the existing sets, there are unique... uh, paint decos on some of the parts that you can only get through the uh through Mm. this game (laughs) so if you want some of like yeah if you want like the wings with different uh different uh you know paint you know on them other than the paint that comes in the base set you have to do this
0: (laughs) yeah this this is absolutely very cool all right got
2: your link to the tabletop simulator version yes
1: so, yeah, so if you're interested
0: in playing it, you can give it a test drive there. Now, one question I got to ask for you, though, Jared, is so we do the, the pick starter game at the end, but, <laughs> but we can only use three of these. So you oh, have okay. to pick which which one are we leaving out, which is not included in our pick starter game.
1: Oh, man. Well, let's leave the dice out because everybody gets dice anyway. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so that brings us to our Going Last Memorial Kickstarter uh, event. So this is again Going Last is one of my favorite podcasts for many years. Unfortunately, it faded, but I still have great affection for it and for the host that that ran it. And they did a lot of Kickstarter coverage as well. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pretend that we have all the imaginary money in the world. We, we have all the money we would need to back any of these nine at any level we wanted. But if we do that, we will never get to even play. The other eight. So if you back one, Jared, I can't come to your house and play it. If I pick mine, (laughs) that's it. So it is absolutely an all or nothing situation, but you have all the money in the world. So Larry, I want to start with you first this week. Out of the nine we covered, which one are you going to pick start? I can barely handle
2: putting together like an Ikea bookshelf. So I think the snapships would drive (laughs) me up a wall. Um, I mean, I can see how that could be relaxing but not for me personally i'm gonna take uh, i can see how
0: someone with a mental disorder wouldn't find that enjoyable right there you go i need a fidget tool here's a pile of it Um, (laughs) all right
2: so i am going to take the monster rancher 300 level make my own monster get that (laughs) system and learn it and then make sure i can get one of my kids to come over and play with me and beat (laughs) them into the ground absolutely destroy him because i've never had that feeling before oh. Be a winner, <laughs> but you're a no winner seriously. in my book larry
0: <laughs> monster maker baby that gets my cash all <laughs> right so uh there's a couple here did this week that that definitely are in my list splintered lands again i love a deck builder i'm not sure how i feel about the two person versus version so if i could have some money at that if i don't like it you no know, no harm no foul um haphazards honestly i'm probably gonna back that one <laughs> but if I had all the imaginary money in the world, I'm going to go with that Snapships because I think my kid would love it. I'd go the all-in fleet, which is like 360 bucks plus $40. Miles. I'm looking at a $400 investment to get something that may just stay in a box for 20 years before we sell in a garage sale. <laughs> but if I could get that for my kids see if he loved it, it'd be worth it. So I'm going with snapships. All right, so Jared, what about you? And that's why I asked specifically, because I was hoping you'd leave that one out, because it was, it was instantly the one I was going to pick if it's in the list. Uh, so what is your uh, pick of this week, Jared?
1: Okay, so first off, I I feel horrible compromising my morals this way, because I was <laughs> I really want to see people that haven't had a chance to get their stuff funded, get funded. But if I really right. had to pick and I had, like, infinite money, it would, it would be the Snapship's and I would get the fleet, and I would get the I would get the mats and you know all the add-ons for that, because I mean it's just neat. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is. It's very cool. I I would agree with that as
0: well. Plus, I can spend five bucks of my own money. I don't need And I don't need infinite <laughs> money to throw five bucks at a PDF, right? Awesome. All right. Well, thank you both for joining, Larry. As always, I really appreciate you being here, uh, Larry. If people want to jump on the internet and yell at you for your wrong, bad opinions, where should they go? <laughs>
2: Oh, uh, at Mumfrey nine 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 is my uh, Twitter handle, and yeah, feel free. Come at me, bro. Give us some tips <laughs> on things that projects that you'd like to see, you know, brought to the fore here. Projects you're launching, you know, mm-hmm. maybe we even have someone who's going to be launching things soon. We need to keep an
1: eye out for. Ooh, yes, very much so. All right, and then Jared, if
0: people want to come hang with you on the internet, check out your website, talk to you about things, where should they go?
1: All right, so first they can go to gnomestu.com and see my reviews there, and also the other awesome gnomes, because they write great articles. Um, They can also go to whatdoiknowjr.com to see my personal um, blog articles and every blog articles. (laughs) See my my uh, reviews and sometimes my opinions on things in gaming and pop culture, and then if you want to harass me on Twitter, um, it is at what do I know Jr. And also don't harass me on Twitter because I'll block you. <laughs> but if you want to actually talk about games, then you can you can go to that. So uh, can
2: cool. I throw in too? Also, the, the Gnomecast podcast is a great listen. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you don't like to read. Just open
0: your (laughs) ear hole.
1: (laughs) I have a lot of fun when I'm on the the Gnomecast. So, yes, I I definitely endorse that as well.
0: All right. So there'll be links in the show notes to all the things we've covered today, as well as everyone's social medias and websites. I'll make it as easy as I can for people to find you. I'm also going to include a link to a recent video I watched from the Tabletop Bellhop channel i shared Mm. it with larry it was all about their sort of like what they look for is red flags or green flags on kickstarters i found it very informative and it even changed a little bit the way i looked at mine this week i did a little extra diving in specific ways i think they have a larger follower than us so we're probably not helping them but i thought it was a cool video and i wanted to share and it kind of fits with what we're doing here so i'll put links to that as well uh you can find me go
1: ahead oh i was just gonna say mo's great so i mean you said uh mo who uh, runs that, he's definitely someone that puts a lot of thought into the things that he's doing. It's
0: very, very well done video, very insightful as well. Um, and it's of course for me, you can find me at the RPG Academy on the Twitters. If you want to email us about a project that you have coming up or just want to put one on our radar or just see questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at the RPG Academy at gmail.com. And then if you do go back any of these, especially if you back them at the all-in levels, <laughs> uh, let them know that we sent you. Let them know, hey, I heard about your project on this show called the TTRPG Crowdfunding Review Show, because um, that will help get our kind of our cachet <laughs> in the sphere up a little bit. Um, we've had a couple people reach out once we feature their things just to thank us. That's great. That's all, I'm, all I would ever hope for. But we have in the past had people, you know, willing to send us free copies to because they were excited or maybe get people to start sharing stuff beforehand. So we can do reviews. That would be cool. Uh, So just let them know that we sent them your way. If in fact we did. So with that, we will say goodbye. And remember if you're having fun, you're doing it right. (laughs) Thanks. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or RPG, consider using our affiliate links first. And then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook.